I'm gonna have Don Knuckle <laughs> on this podcast. Yes. Um, eehaw! 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 I'm a donkey! <laughs> I think with that, we transition now. <laughs> I'm Ryan Mead, your host for this special episode tonight, and along with me are, as always, um, our usual host, who will be sort of taking a technical director role this time around, I guess you could say, appropriately, given what we'll be discussing. He'll be the furb to my Phineas, Tetris Dork. Hey, I'm also filling in for Rack on the recording end. He is busy doing bank stuff. All right. And we have with us, as we usually do, Don East. What's for? Someone called me not just by my first, but also my last name. He's also drunk. Uh, yes, today. Okay, for- anyone got that reference? Come on, anyone? No. Uh, no. I think it might be Roosevelt Franklin from South. You America. got it. You got it. You got it. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Give and- this man a cigar. Ten All points right. to Gryffindor. And along with that, we also <laughs> have... Reward and no points and may God have mercy on your spell. Yes, everything's I'm made sorry. up. Everything's made oh, up. Oh, 50 be gone. It's today St. Patty's Day. I'm one ace Iris. Today's My Little Pony episode sucks, so I am gone to drinking. Yes, as you can tell, today is St. Patrick's Day, Don East is drunk, everything's made up, and the points don't matter. We also have with us Dragon Peace. Hey. And we have with us some of our recurring guests, folks, which include Bloody Marquis. Hello. Roy. Hi, hi. Spongy. Oh, hello. I'm sorry, I'm ten. Okay, Spongy, who is not paying attention, and but we'd drunk. like, yes, and we'd like to welcome into this madness for the first time and apologize in advance to Freedom Fighter. Hey, everyone. All right. As you can tell, tonight is a very unusual night, but then again, when is it not an unusual night here at the Scratchcast? But hopefully it will help us, or then again, it never helps us, but as I'm trying to say, we are talking about a sub... We're going back sort of to the days of Not Another Old Cartoon Podcast and taking what we hope is an in-depth look at a show where everything seems to be weird, even though... Everything seems to go the same way, yet, as strangely as possible, just like on the Scratch cast, Phineas and Ferb. Bow, 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 bow. Mom! Phineas and Ferb are doing a podcast! Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. Or at least we are. Someone had to make that joke. Yes. Yes. Um, so... Phineas and Ferb, one of the longest-running shows that we haven't gotten the chance to tackle yet. 
Um, it appeared originally as a preview on the Disney Channel August 17th, 2007, after High School Musical 2, which to this day remains the most watched non-sports cable broadcast in te American television history. Premiered as a regular series on February 1st, 2008, as part of an event Disney called Phineas and February. Um, uh, the series uh, was created by Dan Povenmire and Jeff Swampy Marsh, formerly of Rocco's Modern Life, which is actually where they came up with the series uh, way back in uh, 1993, while they were still working on that show. But uh, most of the networks at the time thought that it was too weird and that kids wouldn't understand it, which is also the reaction they got a bunch of times when they pitched it afterwards until nearly 15 years later when Disney took the chance and gave us this uh, unusual series, which Don is going to attempt to explain for us. Take it away, Don. Well, you, well, you see, the plot of Phineas and Farm is that there's 104 days of summer vacation and school comes around just to end it and the title characters, Phineas and Farm, two stepbrothers, try to make the most of it by building all sorts of zany crap. Unbeknownst to them, they have pet platypus. Yes, they have a pet platypus. If don't ask, named Paley is actually a secret agent who goes to battle with the evil yet incompetent Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Candace, the boy's older sister, tries to bust them for all their zany inventions, but due to the unintentional consequences of Paley's complex with Doofenshmirtz, their invention usually disappears right as. Their mother gets home, leaving Candace to look kind of crazy. It's the same formula, and pretty much this is the nutshell version. Bob, I know what we're going to do today. Hey, where's Paley? Is it P? Dr. Doofenshmirtz is probably up to something evil. Check it out. Good luck, Agent P. Hey, Phineas. What you doing? Oh, you two are so busted. Doofenshmirtz evil incorporated. Ah, Perry's a platypus. You are so something, and I, by that, I mean completely something. Behold, my Blankinator. You see, back in Gimelstow, but I something, 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 and the Blankinator will rid all of the blanks in the Tri-State area. Mom, Mom, Phineas and Farmer up to something. Sure they are, Candace. Tell the truth. Sarcastic remark. Musical montage! This usually has laugh a minute. Musical montage! Because <laughs> the execs told us to do it. You two are going to get so busted this time. No, Barry the Platypus! Stay away from my Blankinator! <laughs> hey, our invention vanished. Mandatory line, that's funny. Cost you, Barry the Platypus! Mom, do you see? See what? Ba, 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 ba. So, who wants pie? Yay! I do. Oh, there you are, Perry. Bam! That is, amazingly enough, a very... Yes, <laughs> applause is definitely needed for that. That is... Um, <laughs> That is very interestingly enough and accurately enough, I might add, a pretty good description of what happens in practically every episode of Phineas and Ferb, but somehow it still remains interesting and funny. This is most... 
yes, and fresh. This is probably due to the fact that not um at least um starting at least from the end of the first season onwards, not only the writers, but at times it appears that the characters themselves are aware that every episode follows the same formula, and it seems to um basically twist it in subtle ways sometimes more subtle than others um, in order to utilize the maximum humor potential from the um, very thin premise, much like perhaps a Roadrunner cartoon or as as a podcast I listened to once put it very, um, very um, perhaps un-Disney-esque but aptly um, a, an aristocrat's joke. Um uh, Emily Nussbaum recently said in The New Yorker that it's almost sonnet-like in its precision. I don't know if I would put it as such, but basically what I'm trying to say is that the characters are often very aware that they happen to be in a show where pretty much the same things happens every episode. And of course, the writers are aware of this, too. As Don's description pointed out, there are a lot of tongue-in-cheek musical numbers and a, a lot of a lot of jokes, basically poking fun at the premise. Um, later on, the first most of the first season was pretty much basic, straightforward. The jokes came from whatever Phineas and Ferb was building that day. Hey, let's build a roller coaster. Hey, let's build a racetrack. Hey, let's such and such, whatever. But as the series went on, they started to sort of poke fun at the formula. It was basically simple at first, like... Phineas and Ferb are the ones who come up with a wacky invention, and it's Dr. Doofenshmirtz who comes up with a ridiculous idea, and it turns out that he has a daughter, too, and she's tried to bust him for whatever he's doing, and... It and kind she of is hot! She's 16! Uh, like, yeah, the kind of Yes. Um, I'll lay down Yes. Okay, well, anyway, yes. And from that, there have been other um, other um, various variations on the theme in which um, in which um, for example, um, Candace ends up meeting her future self and ends up going back in time to the very first episode where the boys build a roller coaster, end up catching Phineas and Ferb in the act, and much as, say, in Back to the Future Part 2, it turns out that her actions have dire consequences in which Doofenshmirtz has actually taken over, and thus she must go back in time in order to fix what the what she has caused. And to give another example on the same idea, um, every episode usually has an original song, which, as Don pointed out in his um, little recap there, because the executives liked the song that they wrote for an early episode so much, they demanded that one be put in um, every episode, which is probably the only time in history that a network executive has made an, a suggestion that was actually good. Yeah. But anyway... Because oh, of the can I just say, uh, it reminds me of a good episode of the formula turning on its head. Hail oh. Dufinia. 
Yes, that is the one I was mentioning, as Phineas and Ferb are taking over Doofenshmirtz's role and vice versa, and Perry does absolutely nothing. Phineas and Ferb build a, like, actually build an innator. Yes. Very, very explicitly. And, and meanwhile, Doofenshmirtz's daughter and Candace both inadvertently get their uh, wardrobes mixed up, so Candace is wearing... Vanessa's clothes and Vanessa is wearing Candace's clothes. Yes, which is the appropriate scene as Vanessa is, as she sometimes does, taking on Candace's personality as well. And well, we the only appearances, anyway, they kind of drop that whole concept. Yes, um, she doesn't appear often, but they've kind of developed her more. But very early on, her purpose was basically just to play with the formula, I guess, and play Candace to Doofenshmirtz's Phineas and Ferb in the instances where Doofenshmirtz um, played the part of Phineas and Ferb. No, um, sorry. Go uh, ahead. Okay, um, so when you were saying, um, um, Candace, uh, as goes back in time to, um, before the roller coaster thing, whatever, um, don't you think that she would just stop trying to bust her butters after that? Because Candace is a bitch. Yes, well, uh, I believe what she's happened, psycho. Did not, Candace didn't is crazy. At the end of that, didn't at the end of that time travel episode, uh, oh, yes, sort of paradox was, ensued that she yes. just, that never happened. So she yes, just, there was sort of never a occurred, never at came the end of the episode where Isabella ended up going back in time. <laughs> going forward in time to get what Phineas and Ferb needed, and thus the actual events of that episode never happened afterwards. So uh, no, no, later not, episode, not, not, mid- not that Isabella went Phineas forward, but... going back in time twice, so... But there were episodes not... in which they did travel back in time. Yes. Yeah, that's, that was the point of that, because they traveled back in time once, and then when they needed to get something from the future, they realized, well, we've already got a time machine built, and which yes. Valji got irritated that he missed out on that. Yeah, but the thing is, like, that it's not that Isabella went forward. It's just that at the end of the episode, that they reached its conclusion by getting the thing they needed and going back to their past selves and giving it to them, and so erasing themselves from the content from timeline. Yeah, of course, there is the speculation that uh, the episode wasn't the roller coaster episode, but the musical remake. That's a good oh, yeah. point. That was it's another thing. That was another thing I was going to point out because um, because I was going to point out that was another example of them going back to the first episode, as I was going to say. Because of the fact that that episode had no songs, they decided to um, go back and do it again, only this time as a full-fledged Broadway musical. And oh, double and episode. Le- Yes, and let me say hello to Rack Attack, who has joined us, um, and I was going to say that there's even a little shout-out to the um, uh, Quantum Boogaloo episode in the Roller Coaster musical episode because of the fact that at one point, if you look closely, when Candace and her mom are walking um, in the parking lot of the supermarket, you can see the two future Candaces. um behind one of the cars and of course that brings up even more questions because of the fact that one of the future candaces was basically time traveled out of existence because of the fact that the um the 
universe in which Doofenshmirtz took over the tri-state area um, no longer exists, and they even pointed out in the episode. But then again, that's one of those uh, bizarre time travel things. Time... <laughs> yes, time, time travel. travel. I can see time. this show crossing over Doctor Who. Yes. Um, oh, very fanfic. Not bad. Yes. Um, not only is this universe a strange one, it gets even stranger when you try to analyze it, um, which is, um, I guess, good for comedy, not so much for actually... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Example, one thing you should never try to analyze or even bring up because it's pointless now, the uh, boss father of Phineas and Candace and the boss mother of Bob because... That the creators have gone on record that they're not going to reveal that. Yes. I'm so they're stepbrothers? Yeah. They are stepbrothers. My feelings that. Why else is Phineas have... red hair while Bob has green hair? Yes. I wondered that. Fern because in a... cartoons they can do anything they want, and there have been plenty of other cartoons where characters not only have different hair, but have different skin colors. Example, and, uh, and are birth-related. Yes, that's true, but it is interesting. Well, even in Western animation. Yes, it is interesting to point out that um, the family structure of Phineas and Ferb is one that you don't see um, in cartoons often. They are a blended family. Um, then again, we haven't really seen that on television much since, I guess, the Brady Bunch. I don't know, but indeed, Phineas and Candace are sister uh, are brother and sister by blood and their mother is their blood mother who married um um who married ferb's father um ferb is british as is his father and ferb has green hair it's interesting to point out that um this was based in part on the own family structure of i believe it was of the two swampy marsh who has um been um who has gone whose parents have gone through so many marriages that um one of her his family members is jokingly nicknamed Sev because it's the seventh of that parent that he's had. So <laughs> he he has a sense of humor about it, and uh, it's nice. It shows there's nothing wrong with being a blended family. And the other interesting thing is um, the Doofenshmirtzes are divorced. Um, Vanessa, when you see her, (laughs) spends most of her time with um, her mother, but sometimes spends time with her dad. And it's a running joke that Doofenshmirtz is, among other things, that he's hopeless at, a hopeless romantic, and has been seen many times on various dates, all of which have usually ended up humorously, perhaps some of the most memorable being um, the um, date that he had that ended up liking Perry the platypus more than him and perhaps most memorable of all the one date that um, actually did hit it off with him but unfortunately ended up being hit with one of Doofenshmirtz's inventions that immediately made her dislike him well she didn't like him just feel nothing Oh yes, that's right. Uh, that that's right. She felt indifferent. Nothing. That's right. Um, I, I do want to get touch up back on Phineas's and Ferb's parents because the parent because I remember they used to like each other back. I think before Phineas and yes. Ferb were even born. 
because we're even born. I was going to mention there is a conspiracy theory that the creators have pointed out that they intentionally poked fun at it in one episode. There's a conspiracy theory going around the internet as AKA wild mass guessing. Yes, to use the TV tropes term, wild mass guessing. That well, the creators have stated they've been on TV tropes. Yes, but anyway. Yeah. The, the wild mass guessing theory is that Phineas's birth father is Dr. Doofenshmirtz because of the fact that they both have triangle-shaped heads and they both... You're okay, it's fine. And the, well, Doofenshmirtz's head is a triangle, but his eyes are lower down than Phineas's are. Phineas's eyes are on the top corner of... Well, Phineas is a triangle kind of balanced so that one of the edges is on top, whereas Doofenshmirtz is more of a regular triangle with the pointy part on top. But anyway, the theory is that since they both have triangle-shaped heads and they both have a penchant for bizarre inventions, that they are, in fact, father and you know son. Doofenshmirtz and, and um, Doofenshmirtz went on one date yeah, with they went on a date. that ended horribly, yes. which apparently means that she phoned him. Yes, Doofenshmirtz went on a date with Phineas's mom back in the 80s when she was a pop star named Lindana, which is another bit of the bizarre history of Phineas and Ferb. And the creators have intentionally pointed out that the only reason they did that scene is to, as they put it, fuel the flames of the theory that Doofenshmirtz and Phineas are father and son. But... Um, it tends to get rid of that theory, Ken. Well, yes, it does get rid of that theory. The official stance is that they will never reveal who Phineas's um, birth father and Ferb's birth mother are, since it's, it's not really... Fair. Which it, is uh, the smartest thing to do. I, I definitely agree. It is the smartest thing to do. As they said, it's not important to the story they're trying to tell, so why does it really need to be brought up? And besides, if you actually yep. answer it, you kind of you kind of just destroy an entire segment of fan fiction. Exactly. Not so much regarding the fan fiction and such, but also the fact that, uh, again, mm. you know, I think sometimes it's best to leave things ambiguous like that because not only because of the fan fiction potential, but as the the potential for people if they want to to mentally make up their own story, but. I not so much the makeup part, but the fact that as well as they put it, it's not important. I'm trying to get back on some sort of track here. Okay, I think what we should talk about next is go a little bit in depth about the characters of the show, since that's something we haven't talked about yet. There oh, is, um, yes. There is a very large cast of characters. It's very interesting. Um, for the most part, the supporting cast is kind of the stars, in my opinion, at least from the end of the first season onward. The beginning of the fir first season, like, say, the first 20 episodes or so, it basically was, it does live up to the name Phineas and Ferb. It's their show. It's about what they do each day and how other people react to it. Um, in later episodes, go ahead. I mean, yeah, at the by the end of the first season, you had the unfair science fair episodes, which were kind of very pointedly showing that the the Dennis Wobby were very aware that you can only do so much, 
with two people. And yeah, season two was uh, very much was very much the B the B list uh, uh, season. Yeah, like, so I, all, the episodes I, were still top quality. But... Yes, hey, I God, think. I don't yeah, I think from season two onward, or at least the end of season on onward, it became much more an ensemble show. Um, the creators themselves have even pointed out that for the most part, nowadays Phineas and Ferb are not so much the um, focus of the plot as they are what sets the plot in motion. Usually usually each episode nowadays usually has to do with one of the supporting characters and how they react to what's going on in this world, whether because of what Phineas and Ferb are doing or as an effect of it. it a, I, nice, I think, a nice example is the new Get episode. on a trike! Okay. 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 Just, just go. Just go. Yay for me! I hate. Okay. Go ahead, Dragon Peace. Okay. A nice ap- example is the um one last night um with Valjeet and um and um the bully. Buford. Oh Buf- yes. Buford. Break up. Go gay. I cannon. haven't seen that. Okay. Oh shit! I knew I forgot something was angry last night. Okay. Well. It was a good without, episode too. Yeah. Without. I'll give it away, man. Without giving yeah. anything they away, all die again. I'll just say that it no, had he's a... dead all along. Yes. <laughs> and, and Perry was actually off. Phineas's sled. <laughs> okay, Bro, well, anyway, without giving <laughs> anything away, it did go a little bit in-depth as to Buford and Baljeet's relationship, and what brings it together and what breaks it apart and what would happen if Buford were to team up with Doofishmerks because Baljeet decided to go his own way. And I think that's one of the examples of, of sort of using an ensemble cast, putting them together in unusual combinations like taking um, Baljeet away from Buford and putting Buford together with Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Let's take these characters and see what happens. And that was kind of an example of that. I um, have an example that I get to every night they can call for TV and just watch a TV show with, with Star. Yeah, I saw that out. one online. Yes. Wait, what? Well, I won't spoil it. It's going to air in the U.S., so... Yeah. It's, zany, it's the most batshit insane episode of the show. Yes. I haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting it to air, but there's an episode that's aired overseas that hasn't aired in the U.S., which is basically a bunch of TV show parodies um, featuring um, supporting characters. Like, I think one of them is like a Magnum P.I. Beach Cop spoof, and the other is something like Night Rider. But it's yeah. all this- Doofenshmirtz's buzzer got to do a, get got a show. Okay, yeah. and I think one of them is a mismatched buddy comedy with with Norm the robot and somebody else. And that, <laughs> Jeremy's Doofy. little sister. Oh, okay. And the actual show can be in my mind. Yes. Yeah, you know, we need uh, to talk more about the characters. I'm pretty sure anyone who's not familiar with Phineas and Ferb is just confused by all the name dropping. Yeah, we're yes. kind of getting away from the. From the topic at hand. Well, the, yes. the subtopic. Yeah. Yes. Let's start with Phineas and Ferb. Can work way up from there. 
Yes, but since some of you probably are confused like right now, let's talk about some of the main and supporting characters of the show. We'll start at, um, we'll start at first with uh, Phineas and Ferb. Um, the, Phineas is uh, is the uh, idea man of the group. He he's the he talks. And I say and that he because, got sick and act about it. Yeah, all the ideas, and he's always optimistic. Yes, he's happy Ferb, and happy and back about it. And at he does say the, the occasional funny line, and his most interesting is when uh, in the uh, Al Long Summer Belongs to You special when he is faced with a situation that he seemed the he can't think of a way out of. Yes. And that just pushes yeah. them to a certain edge. Yeah. And, there, yeah. and, and there was a funny line from that. Okay, yeah. gotta be something. Yeah. Hey, a sponge of the starfish. There's gotta be something we can do with this. Oh, wait, <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's my, I did not that's catch that joke. The entire show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I yelled earlier, at one point, he just snaps at Candace. It, yeah, I just got part thanks to the internet ruining it like they ruined everything else. Yes, get on a trike. Yes, but yes, for the most part, Phineas is very optimistic and he is the idea man of the two. Whereas Ferb is uh, is the guy is the builder. As Phineas a man of says, action. Yes, Ferb is a man of action. And Ferb always speaks when he has something to gain. We just get something freaking important. He's not yes. Bob. For the most well, part, he's not Bob. Bob. Yes. He's not Bob. It's either Bob important or funny. Yes. I think Lamp shade this in one episode where there's like a comedy club and Ferb has his one line of the episode and, it's, and everyone just laughs like crazy. Yeah. He goes. He <laughs> sp- sp- takes like three seconds pr- building it up in front of the microphone, saying nothing, and then just goes. So, how about that airline food? <laughs> and I still love it. Uh, uh, it. Bob's actor was on Doctor Who. Yes. Yes. Coincidence? I think not. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes. And then. And then this. That's my favorite. Fall blind was at the start of that sinking feeling. She's ship sipping, she's ship shaping, ready to go. What does that mean? What does jaw mean? Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's that interesting. Wasn't, that wasn't that sinking feeling. That was. That was that sinking feeling. Yeah, the it was big... the Titanic slash love boat episode, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was the Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, it's interesting to point out that for the most part, most of the characters um, are rather, um, well, they're not very rude. Sometimes they can be, they can come with a sarcastic remark and such, but for the most part, they're all pretty optimistic and polite to each other, which is um, an interesting rarity. Um, the creators... Well, Allow me to quote Dan on death when they get it, but no idiot or dirt in the show. Yes, that's what I was going to say. They have 
Dan Pavemeyer of Swampy Marsh have said, it's very easy for them to, for someone to go for the sort of humor where someone is either a jerk or an idiot. And with them having come from shows like uh, Rocco's Modern Life and Family Guy, they're oh, very familiar you. with that. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. Yes. I'm fully fun. Creators directed the first Brian Stewie Road to episodes, am I correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think we did one Brian Stewie episode with Brent and SpongeBob, which we also worked on. Yes. Let's see here. Dan, Dan and Swampy have been around the circuit. Yes, Dan and Swampy have definitely been around the circuit. Dan Pov and fact, uh, In fact, Seth MacFarlane guest starred on one episode. Yes. As a Yes. As a character, as a character, as Really? Yeah. Well, anyway, I was going to say um, one thing I wanted to talk about is the fact that, um, well, we will get into this at the time. But um, again, to quote the New Yorker article, uh, Dan Povemeyer himself is quoted as saying, um, "If if they had." If they had actually made the show back when they pitched it 15 years ago, it probably would have been different. He says, it would probably have been a funny show if we'd written it back then, but it would have also been harsher and edgier, less sweet. Um, It's kind of an interesting balance they have in that the show is kind of edgy, and it can be sometimes like some of their other work like they did on Rocco's Modern Life, and it can be sometimes subversive and sarcastic and occasionally risque, but it's interesting that oh, it, occasionally. Yes, but it's interesting that it feels like a Disney show. I mean, it could have easily been a Nickelodeon show in a past life, but the balance that they have now, even though it, it it's somehow anti-Disney and Disney at the same time, if if that's possible. There's kind of a subversiveness to it, but there's also this kind of optimism and joy, which is sort of the Disney hallmark. And I don't know what the balance is, but they found it. But anyway, going on with the um, characters that make up this unusual world, um, next up in line would probably be Phineas and Ferb's older sister, Candace. Voiced by Sharpay. Yes, de- voiced yeah. by Sharpay, Ashley Tisdale, which um, Disney actually used and, as a selling point when the show first began. And the reason I watch the show, I admit. Yes. You know, I, I'll say. Like in the first episode or two, it was kind of very obvious and I couldn't stop hearing it as, yeah, this is Ashley Tisdale. By now it has really, like by by season two, it's it's now gotten to the point where I don't think of it as like, yeah, it's the girl from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and uh, High School Musicals and they just got her in for star potential. It's like she's done good, well, as a voice actor. Yeah, I know. She's kind of yeah. I know. All of the voice all of the voice cast that they get is pretty good. I mean, even the celebrity guest stars, which um, we'll also get to at one point, do very well. But I think even with the top name talent that they have, and Ashley Tisdale is definitely a standout. I mean, you know, Candace 
she does a lot of strange things that pretty much only a cartoon character would do. She does, she does, ooh, excuse me. She does these insane laughs to herself. She screams. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's always... And so yes. cute. I mean, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah. But 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 Hey, hey. Yeah. And, and, well, Tennis has taken Tennis has taken a lot of physical punishment throughout the course of the show. So it's. I don't think it's a bad thing to say that she might have a slight case of brain damage. Yes. I like to take the physical challenge. I wish. Yes. I think Candace... it's more psychological damage from just seeing all those experiments gone, not missing. Yes. Candace is pretty point... much the wily coyote of the Phineas and Ferb universe. She definitely has some mental problems. Um, yeah. And she, um, she is a very unusual character, and she's also probably one of the most interesting to watch because most of the stories seem to focus around her reactions to Phineas and Ferb's inventions or her trying to catch the attention of her boyfriend Jeremy, voiced um, by another uh, Disney talent, Mitchell Musso. Um, um, the... What's interesting is that um, I hear Mitchell Musso originally going to be Ferb, and Walker had Thomas Fair, Rick Guy, Jeff Roman, and Jeremy instead. Yes. Um. Will Mitchell Musso still be um, um um? What's his now? What's his face now that he's got kicked off of um that show? Um, yes. Yeah. He. Oh yeah. He he got kicked off the other show. He's on Pair of Kings because of his little drunk driving incident. But um, there's only one incident. I just don't. Well, that's a subject for. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy got caught driving drunk. Now that's an interesting episode. Yes, that would be uh, a very uh, interesting episode of Phineas and Ferb. Which will never happen. Day. Yes, but uh, thankfully, uh, um, he's um, made his... Um, he's um, learned his lesson, and um, everything's all settled. He says he's learned from his mistakes, and... Okay, going back to Candace. All right. Um, who definitely has more bizarre... Um, who is definitely has much more problems going on in her personal life than Mitchell Musso has in his. Um, she is, for the <laughs> most part, a, a st- stereotypical teenager who enjoys um, um, dreaming about her crush um, and talking t- on her cell phone and doing normal, normal, typical teenage girl things. But of course, like most teenage girls, she also wants to prove that she's responsible. And in her mind, doing so would be busting Phineas and Ferb. Unfortunately for her, fate never seems to be in her favor. Um, why this is, whether as it she's posited some mysterious force, or if it has something to do with um, a platypus and a pharmacist, it's really hard to tell. But, um, she ends up. Um, yes, but she ends up. It's um, all a dream. Yeah. She ends up all the time, which makes um, which makes her mother a little bit questioned about her mouth. With not only given the determination she's given, not determination she's given for these plans, pretty much she's just doing it to prove that she can do better than. A source of pride. Oh, do I have a voice? Yes. 
Dang it. Wearing a lot of because she is trying to prove that she can do it, but also just because she, it's, as has been evidenced, she just doesn't know how to stop. She has actively tried to not bust her brothers. She can't, um, short of hypnosis, there's nothing that can stop her from just f- physically reacting to the sight of Phineas Burke doing, doing something crazy and outlandish. She just has to go out and bust them because it's ingrained in her being. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think, um, which is why I'm saying she's very much like Wile E. Coyote in that remark. In discussing Wile E. Coyote and why he tries to catch the Roadrunner, Chuck Jones basically said, um, quoting George Santignana, the coyote could stop at any time were he not a fanatic, which Santignana defines as one who doubles their efforts when they have forgotten their aim. At this point, it's, at this point, it's not about, it's not about the, it's not about proving Phineas the Ferb or, um, or, are worthy of being um, punished for their actions, but because she basically doesn't know what else to do with her life. I think there was even one episode where she went insane, <laughs> yep. something like, but if Phineas and Ferb aren't doing Phineas anything... Phineas decided to not do anything for the Who oh, yeah. is Candace? Yes. <laughs> who is Candace? And it ended up that she was the one who ended up building the thing just so Phineas and Ferb would finish it, and that would give her an excuse to catch them. And Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one more question before you move topics. Um, does Candace like what does she do during the fall if all she does is bust her brothers during the summer? Be a high school student. We we don't have other seasons, but except for except the week of Christmas, all the other seasons don't exist. Yes, 
Phineas and Ferb. They could alter Amber for a summer all the time. Hey, yeah. it does seem more fun than poor day. Hey, oh, yeah. he? Putting it this way, throughout this show so far, there have been uh, it. The show has so far taken place over over the course of uh, more than 104 days. So yeah. it's, you know what, Bob? It's right. right. There is more than 100. It does feel like there's one hundred more than 104 days. Hey, yeah. There are three, How many episodes are there? Days of summer definitely more than 104. Yes. There's definitely more than 104 at this point if you count each 11-minute short as an individual episode. I'm not sure of the exact number, but I do know that Disney touts that there have been over 100 episodes and counting. So if you go by each 11-minute episode as an individual episode, which is how Disney does it, not counting the uh, half-hour double episodes and such, there definitely have been more than 104 days. Um, also, including the fact that some episodes take place in the same day, like there was like one episode, like one half hour episode where it's like oh, seen there. Like, oh yeah, that was unfair science fair. Yeah, the two half. Also, 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 Yes. But outside of those, there are still there have still been well over 104 days collectively across the whole show, yeah. like some, and including several episodes that take place over multi, over more than one day. Yes, um, there is a lot of stuff to tell. Some of the episodes, it's hard to tell whether or not you know they actually happen because there have been recent episodes where. Um, um, we see um, they've taken Phineas and Ferb into different time periods like the Stone Age or medieval times, which, um, again, brings questions. One of them has a wraparound, the medieval one, which was one of my favorites of them, has a wraparound where it turns that. out that, that it's a story that one character is telling to another. But, uh, again, it, it's hard to tell. But going back on the character route, I think next um, a character would be good is to talk about Perry the Platypus, who is. Oh. Oh. That just sounds like a snoring, not our. Yeah, it does snoring. sound like snoring. I I don't know. It's kind of hard to do. I guess we can move on. Yeah. Okay. We should we should probably set this the whole thing up some about why we're all making these stupid noises right now. Because <laughs> that's what Perry the Platypus yes, says. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we should, that's what we should say to everyone right now. So Perry does you know, which is made by D. Bradley Baker, who you yeah. hate to do online and that is. Yes, D. Bradley Baker has the your go-to animal voice. Yes, and he has. He has Steve Bradley Baker. Yeah, Steve Bradley, Bradley Baker. Baker is an animal in a human body. Yes. Um, he has joked about the fact that, for the most part, they use the same Perry noise over and over, and that, for the most part, he gets paid to do nothing on Phineas and Ferb. But um, Perry, <laughs> though a platypus of few words, seeing as he has a platypus and can't really say yeah. much, he also... Do much. He doesn't do much, exactly. Or at least all he does is to a guy and a cancer human. Yes. Proof. Is someone noise. still trying to do that noise? I yeah. I don't know. One of the signs of the most hilarious thing about that noise is that 
Dan uh, originally yeah. was it like originally had it in his mind as like a chirping kind of noise. It comes out kind of like a growling chatter. Yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to do, Spider. Okay, well anyway, <laughs> yeah. Just, um, just to, for people listening who aren't who aren't aware, there was a no twice in the movie as well as an episode points in the show where Phineas and Ferb did exactly this. They just made impre- made the, did their impressions of Perry's uh, chirping noise as yeah. best they could. Yes. Because it's a fun thing to do. Yes. In one episode, they wanted to know what it actually means, um, so they actually built an animal translator. And not surprisingly, they ended up discovering what every animal in the tri-state area had to say, except for Perry. Because Perry not only doesn't say much, but as Phineas likes to say, he's a platypus. They don't do much. He just sits there in the backyard, makes his little noise. Or does yes, he? But... Unbeknownst, yes, unbeknownst to most of the, well, pretty much all of the characters except for his superiors and Dr. Doofenshmirtz, who we'll get to in a moment, he is actually a secret agent um, working for the OWCA, the Organization Without a Cool Acronym, which for some reason is a secret agency whose agents are all entirely animals for (laughs) reasons that are entirely clear and that not even... Because they had a budget of like $200 and agents and animals don't really ask for money. Yeah, that's true. It's it's, training them. Yes, well, it's... They still fell as more competent people than ISIS. Yeah, that's true. Screw Peter. Yes. I can find him and caught my Peter. But long he wasn't even wearing a suit, he's fine. Yes, but Perry is in actuality Agent P, who is, as his own theme song describes him, a semi-aquatic egg-laying mammal of action. mammal of Just call him Agent P. I said, yes, but he is indeed a secret agent. And for the most part, when he's in this mode, he is a debonair spy of the James Bond sort with his own theme song using um, secret um, agent gadgets. And for the most part, playing the silent straight man to his nemesis. Dr. Heinz Doofenshmirtz, um, probably one of the most amazing, um, most amusing characters of the show. Of a voice. doctor in massive air quotes as well. Yes, he bought his he bought his doctorate um, off the internet with his ex-wife's alimony <laughs> money, which is also <laughs> where he bought most of his inventions, anators as he likes to call them. Um, he has a very uh-huh. I'm a superstar. Yes. Look in the box. The platypus. Always look in the box. Yes. Um. Doof and you do what I say. Whoop whoop. My name is Doof and you'll do what I say. And you do what I say. Whoop whoop. Agent P, this is no time for redecorating. <laughs> this is uh, really going to be a high barrier of entry for this episode. 
Yes, um, yes, there are a lot of ridiculous in-jokes um, regarding the show that we're trying to discuss, as we try to discuss, and uh, surprisingly, or perhaps not surprisingly, it's perhaps one of the smooth, other than a couple technical problems, it's one of the smoothest episodes we've had so far. So. Yeah, there's really nothing we can cut out of it, it's just going to be a long one. It's going to yes. be a long, it's be a long episode that will probably hurt us. But hey, yeah. we're benefiting from people who probably have seen it already. It is no, the yeah, sad part the here. The, show. the sad part here is that this is probably the most sanest episode we have had, though. Exactly. And I, we, have, we have really been on topic. Yes, we've been Which on topic when we've been sane and Don is drunk and we're talking about a show whose universe makes absolutely no sense except on its own logic and yet we're sounding professional. I guess that is the magic of Phineas and Ferb's universe. I'm but and- we haven't gone out and just can't a full song character of yet. <laughs> Yes. And I, uh, I just want to mention um, um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz's joke that he always says whenever he sees like Perry without his hat, he's like, he doesn't even notice it's um, Perry the platypus till he puts on his hat. That's pretty funny. Yes, for some A reason. platypus balloon? Perry the platypus balloon! <laughs> yes. For oh, lot of of In one episode, Perry put his eyes on Candace and a hat is on Candace's body, so he thinks it's Perry because of a hat. Yes, and oh, there was a regular platypus. Did that mean old Perry the platypus put you in that trap? I'll just take you out. Perry the platypus? But it doesn't matter. Yes, for some reason, um, among his other bizarre troubles um, is the fact that Dr. Doofenshmirtz cannot identify Perry the Platypus as a secret agent when he's not wearing his hat. This has gotten to the point where he actually built a robot which was meant to identify Perry the Platypus, but it failed because of it had the same flaw. It did not recognize him without its hat. It's the reverse of Superman. Right. No, I- Yes, exactly. No, no one did recognize uh, Perry without his hat on. He just recognized every platypus. Yes, that's true. I wasn't talking about the every platypus is man. Yes, we'll get to. Norm. Oh right, that's right. Sorry, you did make the. He did be the other one, right? Yes, we'll get to Norm in a second, but we'll let for <laughs> now. Let's get to Doctor Doofenshmirtz himself, not being okay. able to identify a platypus as a secret agent when he's not wearing his hat is probably the least of his problems. <laughs> he has one bad okay, right. childhood. Yes, he has a very oh, sad I, childhood, and I have something to say about that. But that you can, no sense. I have something to say about the bat story, but cover the bank first. Yes, and a very sad adulthood as well. It's um, <laughs> sad to say, he sees himself as um, a um, evil scientist, although he's not very good at it. Most of his plans are in order to conquer the entire tri-state area. He's trying to set reasonable goals for himself, but... No, because well, that's what I used to have goals! And, uh, you see, earlier we mentioned... You goals! Remember, that's what Phineas yeah, and Mom said, though. He, he should try for a tri-state area first. Yes, uh, and, yeah, and but it was... It was originally meant as a joke, playing on the fact that people, villains, are always trying to conquer the world. Of course, okay. but in the in this case, Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Two thousand nine. 
is so pathetic that he he his plans are just to conquer the tri-state area and they don't really make sense that uh, that much either because they they, they, ne- they don't really con- conquer something that conquer it's more like just to annoy do something very specific to get it's more of like a re- it's they're never really conquest it's more revenge it's always always ends up being revenge about take something away from the tri-state area that either ta- traumatized him as a child or he never had as a child or so, something that happened to him as why he's an adult Yes, because... On the plus side, he did have a toy train. Yes, Uh, which is something we'll get to later on in this episode. But yes, basically, Doofenshmirtz's plans are neither evil nor would they ever um, conquer anything, even if they worked. And most of the time, they fail on his own behalf, but... I just invented... I just insulted the macaroni and cheese of the pee of a whale! What part of that is not evil? Yes. Yes. Hey, the pineapples do come back here and swat me! Yes. Dory is trying to speak whale. He speaks well very good, but he has nothing on Dory. Yes. Um, yes. A typical example of his plans, they usually have to do with some embarrassing thing that happened to him with his childhood, like the fact that he was forced to serve as a lawn gnome. Um, because I think I'll each! Yes, because his family had none, and so he attempted to get rid of all the lawn gnomes in the tri-state area. What exactly is evil about this? Well, like most of his plans, he doesn't really know, but... <laughs> It's a laid plan. Yes. Um, he, oh, is yeah. a, he is an unusual <laughs> character, but he's also the source of a lot of humor. Uh-huh. My space station! 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 Cookie station! Wait, did you hear that? <laughs> that cookie pot? I think something's wrong with my echo. <laughs> my echo must be broken. <laughs> that, 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 my thoughts are broken. I need to have that. At this point, we're just showing off our clutch and doing some quotes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Gonna need to stop Doc from quoting every two seconds. Yes. Um, Great. <laughs> right, I know. Fire, fire. To add insult to injury, the plot bus is leading. Um, okay, okay, stop. Okay. Okay, get away from basic facts about the show and get into discussion. That's a good idea. This is supposed to be a podcast, not Phineas and Ferb 101. That sounds you good. Podcast. You just said podcast. Okay, Codcast. yes. It's podcasting. Yes, well, I think that's Doofenshmirtz's evil plan. He's trying to make this podcast about fish or something that it's not. <laughs> Again, I don't know what the plan is, but there you go. Okay. Do we need to talk about the supporting characters or can we just dive uh, into uh, the show? Wait, 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 wait. I have something interesting to say regarding Doofenshmirtz. What's interesting about him that he's actually quite sympathetic about what think about that story, but quite tragic, don't you? Get the book to be funny. Yes. Okay. I have I no think, idea. Like, I don't. I don't think we should talk about the basic facts too much. I mean, it's it's been around since two thousand eight, late eight slash mid two thousand seven. How many people are now, honestly not? Gonna... 
If you don't know what it is by now, if you don't know the basic stuff about it by now, but it's really, we shouldn't be spending the time. You can, there are, there's the Phineas of Bird wiki, there is Wikipedia. There's Netflix, you can just, you can can watch it. Netflix, if you live in in, uh, Canada, you can watch pretty much almost every single episode there. Yes. New episodes are on demand. Basically, the past hour of talking was pretty much pointless. Okay, so, yeah, basically, those five characters play major roles in some point in every episode, but there are a lot of supporting characters who usually um, who usually um, surround them, but also get to um, get to have their moment in the sun as well. Unless it's Jenny. Someone yes. has yet to watch the episode about Jenny, which is kind of a shame. Because she, because she, because that no one, like, including me. Come on, tell us who Jenny is for. Yeah, I'm Jenny. Jenny. Okay, Jenny. Um, allow me to explain. At the beginning of the show, Kenneth had two friends, Jenny and Stinky. Well, at one point, the writers developed Stinky so much that Jenny had nothing to do but wait to Captain aside. I like Jenny. She's kind of cute. Yes. She got very. I really didn't like when they gave her enough time to talk about things that weren't expository that you found out that she was really into being a hippie. Yes. Like, Science of Pigeons! Well, if another a hippie in it, it was really funny. Well, Jenny comes across and. But we're not here to talk about bad things. We're here to talk about good things. Yes. Okay. So. The Phineas and Ferb world has a lot of characters and such, and um, there are a lot of uh, things. Um, I'm trying to think about what we should talk next. Well, I guess we should just get into, since we talked about the basic premise of the show, We should. I think we should just get into a basic discussion of what we all like and don't like about the show, favorite episodes, favorite songs, favorite characters, etc. Um I'll go first. It's it's kind of hard for me to describe why I like the show. I, I think all the reasons that I gave during this discussion are just why. For some reason, it, it muses me and the fact that it's become so self-aware. And it, it's hard to explain. It's just very witty, I guess I would say, in that it, it's interesting that it works on a level that kids would find it enjoyable. But it's also interesting that... Um, you know, it's written in such a way in that it's almost very self-reflexive on how it knows that it's a formula show and it plays on that. And and and, and it, it's for the most part, a lot of the humor is dialogue driven rather than sight gag driven, although there are occasional sight gags, especially when Candace and Doofenshmirtz are involved. But... <laughs> I love dialogue humor, which is why the show appeals to me, but I'll talk about that later. Yes, um, but let's see. Um, oh, it's it's hard to come up with favorite episodes and songs and such, but my favorite characters are definitely Candace and Doofenshmirtz, as far as the main characters oh, go. Because they're definitely the source of most of the humor of the show, and they're such well-developed characters that... And they're probably more pathetic when you think about it. Yes, they are the most pathetic, but I think at the same time, that's why they're uh, the most humorous. Um, and, oh, oh goodness. And, uh, 
Flash is here, and hopefully we can bring him into the proceedings as well, since we've gotten all the useless uh, quoting and telling people um, what um, the thing is about. Um, is about. Okay, favorite episode. It's very hard to say what my favorite episodes are, but um, mo- the episodes that I really like, I think um, most are the longer ones, um, where they, they get to play not only stray away from the formula more, but also be able to tell a, sto- a longer story and uh, make more jokes. At the same time, uh, stick with the formula, but also kind of get away from it. Um, and... Basically, um, some examples of that are the ones I already mentioned, like Roller Coaster, the musical, and uh, Phineas and Ferb's Quantum Boogaloo are um, are some examples of that. Excalibur. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, episodes that aired in January are major examples of just how they stray away from the formula to the point where it's kind of jarring to see them in situations that aren't usual to formula, like the Indiana Jones parody. That, that's true. That was my least favorite. I, I think it's because they weren't able to um, do much with the time they had. It would probably work better as a 30-minute episode. But there are... I like it quite fine. Okay, but... It's just saying yeah, it... Phineas and Ferb and Actress doofenshmarts. Yes. Yeah, I've copied of you, okay, I mentioned. Yes. Um, uh, Nerves of a Feather was another good episode. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Okay. Well, yes. Um, and and of course the the and of course the TV movie uh, across the second dimension w- was pretty good. And yes, we may get into a bit of discussion on that, but that was definitely epic. It was fun how they were able to play on the formula of the show and do a lot of things to subvert it. For example, show Phineas and Ferb that parody, um, that parodies. I. Well, uh, I'm reading the co- 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 the co- chat at the same time, and I'm trying to say parodies. I mean that Perry is a secret agent, and um, and Phineas getting the biggest example of Phineas getting out of character and becoming angry because of it. And there was a lot of fun um, in that um, TV movie, but I think my favorite episodes are those ones where um, they they get to play with the idea. Um, and sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm trying to chat and um, speak at the same time. But um, anyway, th- those are my favorite episodes where they get more time not only to play with the formula, but also to subvert it. At the, at the same time, and I, I think the the writer's skills really shine in that thing. As you far know, as... Um, you can keep going. Okay, and I was going to say favorite song or songs. Oh, there are too many to choose from. Uh, let me just see off the top of my head songs that I like. Get You, Get You Goo, of course, Busted. Yeah, I love... uh, um, uh, uh, 
dance, baby. There's a platypus controlling me. Squirrels in my pants. Basically, any song that's catchy and has funny lyrics, which is hard to say because most of the songs are catchy and have funny lyrics. Can't forget uh, Agent P theme. Oh, yes. That's true. Hey, the oh, platypus. Okay. Okay, um, I don't know if Tester's Jork wants to give any thoughts. I don't know if he's adept um, at this, but I've given watched... his... Oh, I'll go ahead. It's The fact that I do wa- watch it, it's like I don't go crazy. It's not... I don't go in-depth with it. It's just, you know, if it's on, it's on. It's, you know, it's, it's good TV. It's good TV. And my favorite... But, like, watching through it and... Like, my favorite character is Candace. Yes. Um, I also... But, like, my two favorite... Like, my favorite episode is the Love Handle episode, in which you learn more about Phineas and Ferb's mom and dad. Yes. And they're trying to get back to him. So, for the uh, anniversary gift, they decided to reunite um, their dad's favorite... Band Love Handle, who is broken up, and it's all musicals. Ain't got rhythm. No, ain't got rhythm. Very musical oriented, 30 minutes long. There's a, a subplot involving Doofenshmirtz trying to get uh, throw a uh, birthday party for his own daughter. Um, it's very good. And uh, my favorite. It's- Song is Squirrels in My Pants. Yes. It's got Squirrels in My Pants. All right then, Don. Uh, favorite episodes. Uh, I think uh, Hail Dufinia. I already mentioned why because it plays with the formula. Uh, we call it Maze. Was a fun one. With the broken okay, echo and uh, contains all my favorite songs. So I'll get to a moment. Uh, Road Trip. Oh, Mom, the oh, episode they built the, the diner. There's like a lot of episodes I really enjoy watching. Uh, mostly from uh, uh, the split personality one. Yeah. I wanna sing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doofus yeah. smarts, and I. Uh, also, I just love any episode that him and his wife are with another. Evil scientist, Rodney. Rodney, who has a very long name that we can't even mention. Yes. Who talks like these? Hey, Ed, my evil dancing is better than yours. You're like, up, up, Hello, up, hi. up, up, my but you got no more. Rodney you know sounds like Marvin Martian. Sounds like Dudley do like the me, but and I think it's supposed to be based off of Dr. Savannah. Well, that could just be the ears. Come on, you just want a proper professional. You gotta do it. You gotta do it right, man. Really? Uh, I, I, I uh, thought I was doing good impression. Uh, oh, you trying uh, to judge me, Perry, the oh. judge, a puss? Hey, Ryan, <laughs> could you introduce our two new attendees? Okay, I was going to introduce them when the time comes, but we'll bring them into this roundtable. I would like to welcome um, Aeon Flash and Black Catula. What's up? Welcome aboard. Hello, greetings. All right. Favorite songs? Uh, He's Evil, or the uh, song from this one episode, it has this really catchy number and an old 40s style. Uh, So much 
I think it's called. I know the lyrics is. There's so it's so much fun. But not, fun not knowing where you're going. Yes. Uh, one of the songs. Uh, I ain't got rhythm. Yes. Love that one. That was yes. nominated for an Emmy. Yes, yeah, it was. From the uh, Love Handle episode. Yes, and it. But since <laughs> I'm starting to sober up. More and more, it's getting hard to remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks, that's all you're gonna get from drunk Don. Okay. I, if I, I'm afraid I might start to succumb to alcohol poisoning if I keep up. Okay. <laughs> and and since... let me have a hangover right on oh, our podcast. Yeah. Not such a bad dad since it got a chance for Vanessa to sing. I should I point out, I, we didn't want to go over characters and such, but I should point out for people who don't know that it's an interesting to point out that Dr. Doofenshmirtz's daughter, Vanessa, is voiced by Olivia Olson, who also voices Marceline on Adventure yeah. Time. Uh-huh. And a girl from yeah. Love, actually. Yes, who was in love with Thomas Sangster's character, and uh, Ferb happens to have Ferb. a crush on Vanessa on Phineas and Ferb, so... I so when she did, I think... In fact, I Waffis is another one I like. Of course. Alright. I guess um, I'll go now. Yep, Dragon Piece, you're next. Um, my favorite would be have, have to be um Nerds of a Fetter. Um, the, the comic oh, man, you took my favorite! God dang it. Hey, so what else are they had to do? <laughs> And also um the um tri-state tri-stone area episode. Yeah. I, I like how yeah, they um yeah I, I liked how they um it was said in the Stone Age and like they all didn't even talk like in English until like the very end where he like I developed a new language or something like that. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Super day, uh, super day. And how it ended with um. Get you, get you, goo in like another language. Yes. And Yeah, I like that episode. Looks a bit overrated, but you know, whatever. And it does again rip into the formula by having the creators actually pop up. Yes. Having to explain what's going on and point out the lack of a musical number until the very end. Like, wait, we forgot to do a song. Yes. Was that the writers or was yeah, that the creators? Those creator. are the creators. Damn, pop my death. Yes. And Tom goes to the Maya style animation. And they are also the voices of. There might Dr. be a comment for Tom. And Major Monogram, in case you don't know. Um, let's see. Um, since Dragon P. Wait, wait, wait. I still gotta do favorite music. Okay. Um, but yeah, favorite music would have to be um, Busted. Um, Good you, Good you, Goo. Busted. Um, 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 squirrel in my pants. Um, that, that's about all I can remember, so those would be my favorites. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll have Roy go next. Alright. I mean, favorite episode, I, I haven't seen, there are quite a few of the season three episodes I have not seen. I think I've seen, how many is that? Eight. I've seen the first eight, uh, or like first eight episodes, which is eight the each of the two eleven minute things. I've seen the first eight episodes of season three, and but nothing beyond that. But I just don't. There is no episode that I won't enjoy. Um, 
If I had to pick one that I would enjoy more than others repeatedly, I suppose it'd be... Oh, it's slipping my mind. Season two, when Doofus makes the invisible ray. What was that called? Don't even blink. Yeah. Don't even blink. The episode where Ficky and Five the Plot. All right. Um, and favorite songs as well. Uh, again, the uh, watching and waiting, as well as uh, let's take a rocket ship to space. And... Oh, I just remember another song I like. The one from Moon Farm. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, we left Just a very funny moment from that episode. I think a number people, of us can agree there. People yeah. than most of us are. Yeah. Uh, as well as, uh, so let's take a rock ship to space uh, for the kind of smooth, kind of easy listening vibe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that uh, watching and waiting, and as well as the uh, the F Games theme and the what was it? Uh, the Paper Pelican floor show. The la- those last two. Because uh, I wrote second, I wrote second verses uh, to uh, both of them. I forget what they are, but I did write them. <laughs> Lots of stuff. But I, like, I forgot what they are because I wrote them down on in chat rooms and never and like I, I could have sworn I saved the logs, but it turns out they didn't. But I did. Yeah, but okay. I did recall. They invented. I wrote the those are like all the songs I write when I have dreams. I have songs in my dreams, but when I wake up, I never remember them. So <laughs> I wrote a standard version of a Bigfoot song. Okay. <laughs> well, let's... Uh, favorite character. Sorry, favorite character as well. Um, I. That's, I'll say, Candace and Dervish Brothers again, but uh, mainly Candace because she gets the most to do in any episode. Everyone else has got sort of, they're always kind of, no matter whether it's fo- whether the episode is focused on them or not, what they do never fundamentally changes. Whereas Candace, oh, Candace always gets something pretty unique to each episode. And it's also just a great to watch her, especially like mainly with her and Jeremy. Anything that involves Jeremy, she will basically always put make. Like blow up, blow out of proportion, and get herself into a worse situation because she freaks out about it. Like when she, uh, when she is expecting him to call her on the fo- call her on the phone because he said he would call her soon, and so she did the math to uh, calculate exactly when soon is, and and then ends up accidentally missing his calls all throughout the day, and freaking and extensively freaking out about it. Yes, and it's things like that that make her. Like she, she's honestly, she's just really over the top. Yes. And I, I, and I like to imagine that it's kind of a uh, psychosis brought on by 
just to have Brothers Mechie are frantic. Yes, I, I agree. Her and Doofenshmirtz usually get the most to do, and I think it's because of that and how the characters are developed that they're the most fun to watch. Um, let's have... Rac- Before Rac- we um, switch up to another person, I just want to say another good episode is um, the one of the new ones. Um, the one where they start at the end of an episode but go to the beginning. Remains oh, of the Oh, yes, that was a fun one. Yes, the parody of Memento. That was pretty interesting. Uh, Let's have uh, Rack Attack go next. Oh, um, well, this is kind of awkward since I haven't watched the show that much since the first season. Oh, okay. I don't know why I just haven't found the time, but... Had time for My Little Pony. Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) Don't mention that. Today's episode to me. Let's talk about Pony's guy. Okay, back. Okay, focus, focus, guys. Well, out the first, out that. Get over it, Don. Out the first season, my favorite was happy, happy people getting the band back together, which is the live panel episode you guys keep on mentioning. Yeah. And my favorite song, I guess, will be "Scrolls in My Pants." I guess trying that song to be. Boyos, come out to play. And it appears that uh, Don's drunkenness is kicking back in. Did he just drown? I have no idea. Oh, shit. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) It's happening again. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you done, Rack? Or yeah, I'm pretty much done. Okay. Let's have Bloody Marquis go next. All right. How is my wing finger? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mostly because (laughs) this this episode when it comes out, we we feel with so much regret. Yes, it was all going so well, and then Don's drunkenness came back. <laughs> Doofenshmirtz's plan is going perfectly, for once. I've got nothing. Uh, I was to go with a scratch cast. Got it out. One of my fingers got stuck in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I think it's Don is slowly cast. turning into Dr. Doofenshmirtz, if he hasn't been already. <laughs> Doctor Don in Durance, I guess. Don Don Schmerz stuck in a bottle. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, now that um that um little incident has occurred, let's go to Bloody Marquee. Alright. I think why I like this show is because it's not like anything else by Disney Channel. I mean, Behold! My no, tank's a no. Nator! Yeah. Ah! Don, mute! Behold! I'm better. That's my tank. Sharing is caring, Don. <laughs> sharing is caring. 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 Sharing
Yeah. All right, as her favorite episode, it's Phineas and Ferb get busted. Hmm. Favorite song, I don't know. Okay. Favorite character, uh, I like Ferb mostly because of his one-liners. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go over to Aeon Flash. All right. Uh, do I start off with like favorite episode or? Well, whatever you wish to start off with. Uh, I don't know. Um, favorite episode. I like um, Finding Mary McGuffin. It's a really good one. Oh uh, yes. Got Dude, a lot of good um. Silence. That doof jingle was the best reference to the Who that I think the show's ever made. Yeah. It was more of a reference to. Yeah, well, it's a reference to the Who being a, won't be fooled again, being yeah. used as the theme song to CSI Miami, which usually plays after David Caruso puts on his sunglasses and makes a pun. And then yeah. they kick yeah. in with the. Yeah! And. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you all young to know all these detective shows? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Another episode. Oh. All right. Like people have mentioned. Moving before. on. Yeah. Go ahead, Eon. All right. Uh, Nerds of a feather, like people have mentioned before, is also a favorite. Oh God, dang it! People keep then, stealing my favorite. Well, it's, like two people. it's a popular episode. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a good episode. That's why so many people are saying they like it. So it relates to fans. Yes, it's definitely. Oh, I, I, I will talk about that once I go up. Trust me. Okay. And then, um, favorite song. I really like um. What's I'm blanking out on every song. Uh, Let's go digital. It's a really good song. Oh yeah. That's Give me another episode all. I liked. The video game episode. Yeah. I, I, like that as, I like that as well, as well as like all the episodes around that area, like the five or six episodes in that sort of area of early early to mid season two were some oh, of yeah. my favorites. Hold that one, doesn't it? Uh Alright, Smarter Face. Is a good Give me a grade. Charmed Life from the Quantum Boogaloo episode. Yeah. That's a really good one. And then favorite character. Uh, I really love Cuban Schmertz. And usually has the best lines. And yeah, that's all I got. Okay. I'm mad to quote Baltry all my favorites this podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't really, those of you who know him don't really have to ask who his favorite character is, but since we're asking these questions to everyone, let's let Spongy go next. Okay, for favorite character, and all completely honest, yes, both of them. I love Stanky, but Stanky is mainly due to other reasons. <laughs> but, firstly, I'll get a Doofenshmirtz. Aside, but Doofenshmirtz so many funny lines. I can't really he seemed to come off the Stacy fan. Well, <laughs> well yeah, but that's for humor purposes. Yes, that's his avatar it's... was Candace, though, so I just figured that was her. So. Well, no, his avatar, avatar is Stacy is a My Little oh. Pony, so 
Really? Yes, my friend, a friend of mine yes. drew it, actually. I give major props over for that. Anyway. Anyway, my favorite episode, well, you know right now, Nerd the Receptor. And uh, my main, well, my main thing that I go more about not fighting about pointless crap in a fandom, which we can all relate to. Yes, um, something and, that advice that is sorely not taken as often as it should be. Yeah, and Tennessee Subplot was great. And at first, my other favorite episodes include um, World Culture of the Musical and uh, uh, what's that other one? <coughs> That's like the ever my favorite eleven minute episode. And uh and yeah, that was great. I have a top twenty blog on it. I can you can look at that up. Right. As for a uh, favorite song, it is Chain on me from Phoenix Forget Bus. Got the chains on me. As well as I never Perry watched Bean. that episode. Yeah. Well, for Perry Bean, busted, and bad bad beer. Alright. Okay. Uh, Black Catula? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Let's take a look here. I have been trying to put together a list while listening to everyone else here. Um, Obviously, outside of the movie, my favorite episodes are uh, Summer Belongs to You, just because it's it's great. Oh, I've got that one. I um, forgot to mention that. that one's number two on my list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just... It, grand, grand episode. Yes, really, uh, I think that's really another good game. example of them. That I would put that on my list, too. That That's another example of them experimenting and going out, which is something I'll bring and, up in a minute, but... Does, does no one like that get... beach episode? I mean, I haven't hear, heard one? anyone talk about The one where they go to the beach... Beach Party of Terror. Oh, uh, right. the one where they discover Atlantis, or no, the one where um Candace gets that um that thing. Um, oh, the Hawaiian what? episode. That was a good episode too. Okay. That was pretty fun. See, but Apon can look with me. Hawaiian vacation. Yes. Yeah. There were quite a few episodes that took place on the beach, on yeah. a, on beaches. Yeah, I didn't, never noticed that before. Yeah, I never thought about that either. But oh, they're oh. all distinct. That's only because that's only because they can have Candace for the family. Yes. Why? She and, have eight breasts. Yeah. And for the first um, beach episode, has taken first appearance and a bikini, but of course, I need to know that stuff. Okay. Uh, go <laughs> on, Catula. Yes. Uh, other favorite episodes, um, of course, dude, we're getting the band back together. Just can't say enough yeah. about that one. Uh, in more recent times, uh, Everything from the time shift block was just uh, utterly fantastic. Um, I really liked the I really liked the musical numbers from Excaliburb, yes. uh, especially with the uh, oh yes, the uh, okay. ten thousand monsters. Oh yes, that was pretty funny. Uh, I, I again, yeah, I, I have to quote it. Uh, I'm reasonably sure he's he's down this time. What do you guys think? Oh no, wait, he's back up again. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's kind of like a Homestar Warner character there. <laughs> yeah. He's added like a Homestar character. Yeah. So, um, yes. Uh, uh, Finding Mary McGuffin, another favorite episode. I mean, just for the... It, it, it was adorable. It, it was adorable. And there were so many uh, film noir references and things like that. It was... I loved it. Uh, songs. I am a huge fan oh, of every God. single song. Oh, God. Thank you. Um, 
but I'd like to visit a few in particular. Um, Watching and Waiting being one of my favorite songs just because of the way it uh, explodes in the uh, in the second half of the song. Just explosive entrance. I love it. Um, some other songs uh, that I probably haven't been mentioned yet. Uh, She's Got an Alien Heart, yeah, which yeah. is, I think, She's the got best reference alien. to Thomas Dolby history. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I love that Lawrence got the thing because he voiced Richard O'Brien from Rocky yes. Horror. There's definitely a, a Rocky Horror connection in that Richard O'Brien is uh, is a main voice and um, Barry yeah, Boswick. And what episode featured Tim Curry? Ooh, yes, buddy, Tim get Curry. Yes, Tim Curry he's right back on the show so he can sing. Yes. Okay, just continue. Yes. Well, this uh, isn't much of a horror movie. Where are the rock and roll musical numbers? <laughs> yes, someone, I, either I or Don had to quote that. He got to it first. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Um, other songs. That, uh, there's a platypus trolling me. Yeah, can't, can't go wrong with that. If someone's like singing a little bit of that song, I forgot it. Well, I'll be honest, I don't really understand. I fell down this hill and I got glue on my hands. I got records on my fingers. Records yeah, on what? my fingers. Records on my fingers and I just can't stop. Don't stop. I can't don't stop. stop. Don't I got stop. a platypus controlling me. <laughs> okay, I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, uh, then of course, there were songs from "Summer Belongs to You" and uh, and "Across the Second Dimension" that were just uh, absolute One other one that I'd like to point out, though, uh, is uh, uh, the the roller coaster song from "Roller Coaster" the musical. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I've heard Phineas and I don't think I've heard uh, Vincent Martella rock harder than on that song. Yes. Uh, and, and I am I am counting his performance in Kick It Up a Notch, which was also pretty rocking, but yeah. I don't think he I don't think he tops uh, himself in roller coaster. Yes. The fact uh, that plus, plus he had to help a flag and pick it up a notch. That's true. The fact plus that he can, the fact that he can sing in, in in such different voices. Um I mean in that voice as well. And I have to give a shout out um, for his uh, imitation of the guy from the B-52s um, in <laughs> Fantastic Furbulous Car Wash. I mean, just the fact that he can do that strange sort of singing that the guy from the B-52s does uh, in the hideous voice. Name. Uh, his name is Schneider or something? Fred, Fred Schneider. Schneider? Yeah, that's it. Fred Schneider. Okay. <laughs> But the fact that he can imitate that in the Phineas voice is pretty impressive, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and of course, one thing to point out about Vincent Martell is just how, over the show's course, is how his voice changed. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You listen to that, that you listen to the pilot, and his yes. voice is, like, way high, uh, way up in the register. Yes. In episode one, they really wanted Phineas to move over a jerky character, so he had to foot back. Now he's completely different, because of way from much higher. Yeah, I think it works a lot better since they even changed a few on Roller Coaster Musical to make him sound more happy, as opposed to yes. the original. <coughs> All right, and Freedom Fighter. Uh, I'm gonna start with um, favorite character because the rest is not gonna make sense about it. But my favorite character is gonna have to be uh, Vanessa, and mm-hmm. indeed. Obviously, there's the obvious reason why I like it, but that was not the initial reason that I liked it. It's the... Uh, that was the original reason for me. In the <laughs> I mean, it's a reason now, but it wasn't at first. Um, 
originally it was because of Olivia Olsen. Um, her singing is just amazing. Yeah, I didn't get, I didn't, without a doubt. I, I personally I think, think that it. Olivia Olsen is one of the most underused talents in, in Hollywood right now. Mm. She's She needs to be in more things. It's interesting that she was in more movies before being for now she kind of took being for an adventure time. So, But, you know, she's great in both, so can't complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, I, I remember, um, I think the, 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 I think the first episode I actually watched, remember watching was Ice Cream, Ice Cream, of course, not with a busted and everything, and busted. <laughs> I guess it just went on. Okay. Just kind of, I don't know, kind of weird. I mean, she just kind of seems out of place. I mean, just just because of her looks. I mean, he has think of her. She's the only teenager on in, in the show. Because, he has, um, because she has lovely, um, uh, oh, crap, I can't remember about Monty Python line. I'm trying to remember it. Oh, oh it's Tracks of Land. Huge. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Man, we have doing a good show. Remember when Vanessa tried to hit on, um, on, on Jeremy? Um, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah but then... Then Germany revealed he didn't like her kind of and she got cooked. That, that was yeah. the that was the only episode where Jeremy was even in the least bit interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so boring all yeah. the time. I know he was kind of interesting and uh, naughty dancing. Uh, because they did the roll of us on him, yeah. not okay. to disappoint Candace. Yeah. He had, he had a little bit of a story yeah. there. It's kind of weird the way they invert that. I mean, usually it's usually they introduce a female character to be the foil for a male character, but uh, this time it's the other way around. Yes. And, and I just noticed that. <laughs> I'll say about Jeremy, it seems like the most interesting stuff to him, about him happens when he's not on camera. Like uh, in... Uh, forgetting which episode it was, but when Candace gets bound to Jeremy beforehand, where his his mother talks about how he worked a massively long, he worked a double shift at Slushy Dog, came home, ate an entire turkey and drank an ent- a uh, entire yeah. jug of milk and just passed out. Like that, that's pretty hilarious and yeah. crazy of him to do, considering yeah. he seems pretty mild mannered. Yes, but that that's, that's yeah, that's probably one of the episodes where he had one of the most interesting things that happened to him. Of course, he didn't realize it because he happened to be unconscious the whole time. So, uh, Jeremy exists, in my opinion, so that Candace has something good happen to her. Yes, completely different. Yes, about him insane. Yes. Well, Jeremy wasn't even supposed to appear on camera originally, but um, but he did appear on camera originally. Though. So much. Yes, but again, we were talking about the anecdote. I think it was brought up originally. Mistral Musa was supposed to voice um, uh, Ferb, and Jeremy was supposed to be mentioned off screen. But uh, I think they said they liked Mitchell Musso's voice so much they decided to develop a character around it, and they had someone else voice Ferb instead. So, which I think is better because Ferb without the British accent probably wouldn't be as interesting. 
anyone had awesome British grandparents. Yes, exactly. Well, it, uh, you, well you, can tell, you can see how interesting fur would be without the British accent by watching the original storyboard for Roller Coaster. Yes. Is he even speaking the that he never talks so much, but he's the first character to have a song in the series. That yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. So, has everyone said their piece? Uh, I haven't actually finished. Okay. <laughs> I only did, only did favorite characters. All I got to. Go ahead. Keep um, going. Oh, sorry. That's okay, Perfect. guys. Um, favorite episodes. Um, summer belongs to you, of course. I have to count that. I don't think there's. I don't. I can't think of anyone who wouldn't have that on their favorites list who likes this show. Even I do, and I think it's a cliche choice for favorite episodes. Even I like it. Um. Definitely have to say Unnecessary Roughness, because that's the episode that made Vanessa for me. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the episode. I like that episode okay. about Ferb a bit further. I like, I'd like to Ferb again, never a full episode yeah. without Phineas. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's one of the episodes. Sorry to interrupt again, but it's interesting. They intentionally, sometimes they intentionally take a character out of the proceedings, and they do it in a comical way. That episode was mainly about Ferb and Vanessa and Doofenshmirtz and how those three characters interact, how Vanessa interacts with Ferb and how Doofenshmirtz interacts with Vanessa. And they basically just took Phineas out of the proceedings by having him sit in a massage chair and really, really enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what did I miss? To be fair, massage chairs. Come on. (laughs) That's nice. It is. Um, I can testify is, that they can. They will destroy your afternoon or your morning or your day. Definitely. I mean, I can vouch for Phineas and vouch for you as well on that one. Mm-hmm. I've been in that situation that way, but it didn't on you. Uh, go ahead, Freaky Fighter. And last episode, I was gonna say Roy touched on one point this already, but uh, Ken Deremy. That's the episode. When that was it. NBA, but of NBA course, what he did mention, of course, is the ending of that I episode. I will put the horrifying ending. Yes, the horrifying ending. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Wow, Bob, we somehow spontaneously merged. I can't think of any way we could be creepier. Yes. Yes, I can. It just has to be one of the most hilarious endings I've ever seen in this show. Hilarious. My favorite ending of the show is Kirk and Candace. At the end, she, uh, well, okay, it is spoiled. Yes. Okay. And, uh, favorite songs? Uh, I'm Me, Busted, Squirrels in My Pants, and... Intimate get together. That was a, a big favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I like yeah. Intimate get together. Oh, that title. Yes. Intimate get together. Yeah. Intimate yeah. get together was good because it showed that like they can make a song out of anything. Yes, they can make a song out of anything. There is Inclu- a beat to be found everywhere. Yes. Yeah, and the choreography, yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. And the entire right. song of that just staring at me. <laughs> one time, they should just sing a song about singing the song. Yeah. Song section. Oh, yes. Like, 
the, there was the one uh, ask a foolish question where the song was basically the song was about we're building a computer and this song is about the fact that we're building a computer and singing a song about building a computer. <laughs> Because it looking chronic, not to be ironic, but you hear it exactly what you see. Exactly. Okay. I, so. I, 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 well, in terms of like sort of self-aware ironic songs, I'd like uh, so the songs that were sung in The Wizard of Odd. Oh, uh, yes. You know oh, yes. Talk- okay. You know what, talking about that episode, I thought it was weird that, you know, when um, Perry left... Um, I mean, when Perry was fighting um, by Candace, that she did not notice anything was up by that. Anything was weird. Yes, but then again, it was Candace's dream. So, and the fact um, that um, the fact that yes, it was Candace's dream. And there was that time when she was on the orange moss that she saw Perry working as a secret agent. So when she was also hallucinating. But yes, Perry. No, not Perry. Candace. Again, because she has the most to do, she does, she goes through a lot on a day-to-day basis. I think she could, something like that is relatively normal, and she takes it in stride anyway. Yes. I'd love, um, I'd love to read her autobiography someday. Yes, that would be <laughs> a very interesting book. I would definitely read it. Okay, well, there's been a great revelation that's not really a revelation, and this is kind of getting long, but I just want to wrap up this episode by talking about basically the future of the series and also, um, well, what we'd like to see from the show in the future. I, I won't make this... I won't go bit by bit. I'll just let everyone chime in as they wish, which they've pretty much been doing for the past. But anyway, um, as far as more, um, well, we we don't really know what's coming up, right? Yes, right now. Yeah, we we do know about it. Yeah, we do know about a couple episodes. It's interesting. They have an interesting promotion prepared for this summer. the fact they've done something pretty much every summer, 2010 was Summer Belongs to You, 2011 was uh, the TV movie, of course, and um, they just announced during the um, Upfront, uh, which we'll be talking about in a future episode, um, what they have a special two-part cliffhanger, which is going to be in this July and this August, and the premise sounds pretty interesting. I'm going to read directly from the uh, press release. Uh, The Flynn Fletchers are off on an African safari, leaving Perry at home to deal with Doofenshmirtz and his most evil plot yet, to take over the OWCA. But when Doofenshmirtz accidentally zaps Carl the intern with his ultimate evil innator ray, Carl takes over the OWCA and imprisons Doof in monogram. Agent P steps in but gets zapped with one of Doof's many rays, and in the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers, disappears. Spoiler alert! Yes. What? Yeah, cliffhanger. Way to spoil it. <laughs> Spoiler yes. alert, things will be back to normal at the end of the episode. Well, things will not be back to normal because it's a cliffhanger episode. It's, I, it's one hour. I mean, second part. Yes. Yeah, well, it's going to be, um, I think the... The, the, the first episode is the end of season three, and it's going to be resolved in August as the start of season four. And the other interesting thing is that wow. it's... You can't be gone, Eddie. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Season two went by. We've been buying like a few millenniums and three combined. Yes. Yes. Well, well, I think as the show has become more popular, um, Disney has been kind of, you know, um, trumpeting it more. Um, definitely. Well, only recent, only like in the last year did they start actually having the really big merchandise push, wasn't it? Yes, it was like last year that they started really promoting the show in merchandising and such. And the fact that, um, for one thing, they're trying to get the characters out more. They have them in the theme parks now. The live Um, tour. Yes, the live tour. Um, The um, live show, you know, the ones with creepy-ass costumes. Oh, yes, the the live character Did anyone actually see that? Um, I'm going, going to see to. it next month when it comes to New York City, so. But. I saw, I have read the script from it off the weekend, the best you could. I really like it, despite the butchering of songs and the costumes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, anyway, I was going to say. The I'm other... taking a review of the live show. Okay. Um, the other thing I was going to say is. It's been announced that the game that they have um, at the World Showcase in Epcot at Walt Disney World, um, where you go around and you you get clues from characters in order to trigger these interesting things in the different countries. It's currently with the Kim Possible theme, but they're going to change that to a Perry the Platypus Agent P theme uh, later this year. And the most interesting development is the fact that this thing is so successful that a feature film is in development. It's planned for summer of next year. It's still in the early development stages, but of course, perhaps the most interesting thing we know so far is the fact that Michael Arndt, who is the Academy Award winning screenwriter between Little Miss Sunshine and Toy Story 3, is um, is touching up the original premise by Dan Pavemeyer and Swampy Marsh. So, there's a lot and of... And, of course, there's uh, their whole live-action animated thing, which at first pissed me off. Then I remember what the show was like. Then I figured they're going to make fun of it. Yes. It, it will be very interesting to see what happens, but um, is there anything, any other final thoughts anyone wants to add um, before uh, we wrap things up? This is a really, really good show that I hope will last until the creators find it no longer walkable and want to end it on a high note, which I think any good show should deserve. Uh, Personally, I don't think that it's going to end up being the creator's choice to end the episode. It's going to be the end of the show. It's going to be the network's choice because it's not going to get to have – it's not going to be a sort of Kim Boswell-style thing where it actually gets brought back from the dead. Or or Avatar. Yes. Well, that would be – Still have not watched Avatar. Yes. I I think this Um, is – My my thoughts on on the show are – It is – Goddamn love the show. It is still my favorite my favorite show currently not show, my favorite cartoon that's that's running. I just after years, so many years of freaking Disney having the endless, endless and samey bland laugh track filled oh, no, uh, sitcoms. Li- laugh track live action sitcoms to have something that was so packed, like the, the roller coaster, the pilot episode was just Jam-packed full of a uh, visual and uh, dialogue ga- dialogue jokes. 
every, every every like five or ten seconds. It was amazing to me, and it's never dropped. It's never gotten worse. It's it, no matter what some people say about some episodes, I've never disliked any episode. Like I said, it's only g- gone up for me, and I really do hope it continues to go up for the remainder of its run. Yes. Okay. Anyone else have anything to say? Or um, I just want to say next episode. Um, should hopefully be an interview with someone from Shonen Jump Alpha, um, which, where we will be discussing it, I guess. And so, okay. look forward to that. Oh, that's finally happening. Yes. 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 And then the okay. next episode's the upfront episode. Yes, and I was going to say regarding what Roy was saying to wrap things up, I definitely agree with him. It, it, this show very much does seem to be a breath of fresh air for Disney in that um, um, in that it's you know different from all of the cheesy sitcoms that have sort of been their lifeblood since they sort of be sort of became um uh stopped being a pay network and started getting into the public eye after miley cyrus and everything and yeah I, I, that's so raven yes i, I think well, disney well, 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 is I think Disney is definitely seeing that the potential that the show has and the potential animation has for for the uh, um the potential that animation has for not only the the network but for the company as well. Well, animation has always been Disney's lifeblood, not just in films but as television as well. And the fact that this show is so successful and the fact that they're capitalizing it. We'll talk about this more on the upfront episode, but they're definitely going back into the animation forefront in that they have uh, Dan Pavemeyer and Swampy Marsh are sort of my, uh, are sort of their trump cards now. They might but, have future projects in the future. But, um, it's pretty much just Disney Junior though who's doing the animation. Yes, but we'll get into it in the upfront episode. But they have some new animated shows in development, and they have talent in development on their side in order to develop new shows. Some of which are already in production. Some of which are still on the idea base. They have Craig McCracken in their camp. Uh, they have the brothers Chaps of Homestar Runner fame. They have a lot of people. With animation background, Marvel so it will be their very own studio. So that's a thing as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So okay. yeah. we will have to see um, what happens in the future. Will Disney get into animation um, bigger in TV? I think the answer is probably yes. Yes, they will. And the question is, how long will Phineas and Ferb last? At, at this point, it's hard to tell, but as Roy said, they still seem to be doing pretty well, and given the success, there's no s- signs of it stopping anytime soon. So it's definitely going to go on for a while, and hopefully it will remain as entertaining as it has been. Um, that's all for... Oh, what were you going to say? Once the show does end, I hope James Trumpy do move on to make other show as good as this one. Yes, I, I hope so, good too. Mm. So, that is the 
this episode of the scratch cast um it was a little bit insane but somehow it all made sense kind of like phineas and ferb itself so i guess that's all anyone could hope for um but, our, we did, but unlike phineas and ferb we did not have a coherent formula Yes, um, and nor did it mysteriously disappear um, at the end, although... Um, okay. On the last, okay. third, on the last episode, talk of Dios, episode 9 itself. Yes. Um, um, our website is uh, therealscratchpad.wordpress.com. Uh, the email is realscratchpad at uh, gmail.com, is yes. it? Okay, realscratchpad at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at realscratchpad, and you can all follow us on Twitter at rwmead, at tetrasdork, at the real Dawn East, at rackattackforce, at bloody marquee, at dragonpiece, at black catula, at Aeon Flash, at frozen treasure, at free fight rider, at spongy444. That's all for now. From Take this best for last. Woo. Yes. Oh, 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 sorry. Uh, one other thing. For the scratchpad, I will hopefully have a uh, anime review up sometime in the next week next week or two hopefully if i can find the fucking time okay well that's all for this episode the scratch mm. cast is out peace yeah so long. That, that's gonna end it